You're listening to The Toolbox, a podcast from Westwood Church's College Ministry designed to train, equip, and encourage college students and young adults in their walk with Jesus as they take the gospel to a fallen world. Hey, welcome back to The Toolbox. I'm Christian Barrett, your host, uh, and this week we will be concluding the conversation that was had last week um, with Associate Pastor Ben Russell on the death of Jesus. We discussed uh, the historical data for Jesus' death on the cross, uh, and we discussed the theological ramifications uh, for Jesus' death and what that has to do with uh, sinners like myself, like you, being saved um, by his atoning work there. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that before you listen to this week's episode on the resurrection. Because one of the points we're going to kind of skip over is the one is that Jesus was dead. Um, so I encourage you to go back and listen to that to get a deeper um, understanding of Jesus' death on the cross. So before we uh, dive into today's uh, subject matter, I just want to say this topic of Jesus's resurrection is what the entire Christian faith hinges on. Uh, Paul says, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, our faith is useless. We should be pitied by the world. And so our faith is dependent upon Jesus's resurrection from the dead. For if he did not rise from the dead, and he was truly uh, just a liar or a lunatic, um, as we saw a couple weeks ago. But as Christians, we believe that Jesus did rise from the grave. We just celebrated Easter, which is the celebration of Jesus' resurrection um, and a final finished work on the cross. Um, and so as Christians, we believe that Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, and John chapter 20 are all true historical accounts of the resurrection of Jesus. And so that's our bedrock, right? The, the biblical narratives presented in the gospel is our bedrock for believing in uh, the resurrection of Christ. Um, and so what we're going to look at today is just supplements to that. We're, these, the data that we're going to look at comes from there. We're going to look at a little bit of outside data on the historical narratives of Jesus' resurrection. But those are just supplications to the resurrection accounts in the four Gospels. They're to aid us and to encourage us in our faith regarding the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, and the evidence that I'm going to be laying out today can be shared with others to show them the historicity of the Christian faith, of the foundation of the Christian faith being the resurrection. Um, and so I really want you to be able to walk away from this and feel comfortable to be able to approach a conversation on the resurrection of Jesus uh, and not feel overwhelmed by attacks that come from the world. And so before we do that, well, let's I want to just get this out there. There are people that come up to you will have the the claim that Jesus rose from the dead and their immediate perception presupposition is that it is impossible. 
And so when someone is at that place, it's not going to be easy to change their mind. And there's a peace that comes over us when we recognize that it is God, the Holy Spirit, that saves. Uh, No amount of convincing that I do or you do will ever save anybody. And so as you're using these, be faithful to the word of God. Be faithful to proclaiming the gospel. And as their objection comes about, well, there's no way someone rose from the dead. Um, I encourage you to use the data that we're going to be looking at today um, as a tool to aid your gospel proclamation. So um, the the only opposing view that I'm going to give today on this subject is the one of those that just simply deny that Jesus rose from the dead. They say, nope, didn't happen. The body was stolen. Um, that was it. Body was stolen. People made up, the disciples made up the stories. Um, and that's that. And so we're going to look at that a little bit more in detail um, as we look at one of the evidences regarding Jesus' body. Um, but first, let's, let's dive in, um, and I want to present this data to you, um, and I'm going to let you allow the data, the evidence, to lead you to a conclusion. What happened? So, there are four things that we know about Jesus. Jesus was dead on the cross. Jesus was, his body was gone, and then Jesus was seen, and then it's reported that Jesus was seen so let's, let's break those four things down. First up, Jesus was dead. As I said at the start of this episode, we looked at this last week. Um, there are those that deny the death of Jesus on the cross. There are those that deny um, his burial into the grave. Um, and so if you want to go and look at that, um, I encourage you to take a look at last week's episode, Did Jesus Die on the Cross? And so... After Jesus' death on the cross, he is buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Um, But we know that the account says that Jesus was gone after three days. And so Jewish leaders did not deny the disappearance of Jesus' body. I think that's really important for us to understand. They did not deny that the body was gone. They, they didn't say, oh, no, 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 it's still there. They didn't kill some, have somebody else killed. They didn't take another body and put it in the tomb. They said the body is gone, and they devised a plan to show that the disciples had stolen the body. We see this in Matthew 28, how the guards and the Jewish leaders uh, come up with a plan to make it seem as if the, the disciples had stolen the body while the guards were asleep. So there's no denying that the body was gone. But what's peculiar about the whole ordeal is the reporting of the missing body, the reporting that the tomb was empty, the reporting that Jesus was raised from the grave. In fact, the the reporting comes not from Peter, the the leader of the disciples, or John, the beloved disciple. That would make sense for them to be the ones reporting this. The reporting comes from three women. That's not to be harsh on women, but in first century Judea, the women were not viewed as reliable sources for information. So historically, in this time, it made zero sense for the disciples to steal the body of Jesus and have women 
be the reliable source of information. And so the fact that they did use women to present the information that Jesus has been raised from the dead, the fact that women are used really gives us a deeper understanding of this isn't just some made-up story that the disciples made up. They didn't say, oh, let's, we'll use women. They'll definitely believe their testimonies. They said, no, this is what has happened. The women came, Mary Magdalene and her friends, they went to the tomb and they saw the risen Jesus. That's what happened. And we're going to tell it how it is. And so the fact that that happens is just a one piece of data that we can say, look, this is what was reported, that women saw the risen Jesus. And in that time, it would have made no sense for them to have gone that route. Next up, not only was Jesus' body gone, but he was seen. Just mentioned he was seen first by the women at the tomb, who then go and report it. And then he, seen, then he appeared to Peter, then to two men on the road of Emmaus, and then his disciples, then his half-brother James, and then to 500 people, and then to the apostle Paul. What's fascinating about uh, just this list of people that Jesus appeared to after his resurrection from the grave is that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And so Paul is in the middle of this book, right? He's coming to the end of 1 Corinthians. And he says, don't believe me? Go ask one of the other 500. You know who they are. You've seen them. Paul is telling them, look, there is firsthand testimonial account. Go find it out. You know, this is similar with what we do um, with history today. And, and we live in the 21st century, so it was a little bit of a different advantage um, regarding this. But what we have is a testimony, a testimonial account, firsthand account of what happened. And so, for example, many of us and born from post-2000, I was born in 96, many born post-2000 have no recollection whatsoever of 9-11, a horrible, tragic event. Um, that happened in this country, or Pearl Harbor, or World War II, World War One. There are historical events that we have no recollection of because we did not live through them, or we were too young to remember them, or we just weren't aware of them happening at all. So how did we find out about them? Well, I remember 9-11 vaguely, but I remember the details of it because of what my parents had told me, what I learned in school, what I learned from watching documentaries regarding firsthand testimonies. Jesus used firsthand testimonies to get his message across that he had been raised from the grave. And so that's what we see here Paul doing. Paul is appealing to the firsthand testimonies of the 500 who were still alive to the Corinthians. He says, go, don't believe me? Go ask them. Go ask somebody else. 
the testimony of the witnesses matter to us in regards to all kinds of historical events. So why would they not matter to us when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus? Finally, it was reported. It's reported that Jesus rose from the grave. But more than that, it's reported everything that Jesus did. And John says in his his gospel why he even wrote his gospel. He says in John chapter 20, verse 31, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So Paul, John, not Paul, John was writing for a specific purpose of giving a historical event. He was trying to give account for what had happened in Jesus' life, in his death, and in his resurrection. So it's reported that Jesus rose from the grave in John's gospel. That's why John wrote, to tell of what had happened. Another aspect of the reporting of the resurrection of Jesus comes in the form of creeds. And these creeds are found all throughout the scripture um, in the New Testament regarding the resurrection of Jesus. Um, we're not going to go into all of the different creeds and their forms. Um, we don't have the actual manuscript of these creeds. But uh, the way they're written, the poetic form of them that they appear in the epistles gives us uh, enough evidence to say that there was a creed of some form that had been used to uh, give testimony to show that the faith was put in the resurrection of Jesus. A great first place to start for this, if you're wanting uh, more information on it, is 1 Corinthians 15. Um, There's a creed creedal affirmation of the resurrection in this chapter. Uh, Next data regarding the reporting. The entire early church movement is a piece that we can look at and say it had to have been reported, right? The, The Christian faith hinges on the resurrection. That's not just true for us in the 21st century, but in the first century, that was true of the church, The church believed the testimonies that were given to them by uh, the apostles, and they then went and told others, right? They told others, and as their missionary efforts spread, so did the spread of Christianity. The growth of the Christian movement came from the resurrection of Jesus. It came after the resurrection of Jesus. That's important for us to understand. Jesus didn't get the church started um, during his life. Yes, he had the disciples. Yes, he had some other followers. But Jesus' following, the Christian church, the foundation of all of that happens after the resurrection. That's why when we say the hinge is the resurrection for us as Christians, Uh, Even the the agnostic Bart Ehrman can't deny the reality that thousands and thousands of people came to faith after the resurrection. And this this is the most fascinating part about the growth of Christianity. Thousands and thousands of people came to know Jesus, put their faith in Jesus, went to churches, denied the pagan gods, despite Roman persecution. 
Roman persecution did not have any factors on declining the church growth movement. Something that's amazing to look at as we see uh, just the church grow throughout history. And that's just a, it's just another point of evidence from that first century to the second century um, that gives us more faith, that increases our faith that this is true. It was reported not only by the apostles, not only in the gospels, not in just the epistles, or by the 500, but it was reported by just your everyday run-of-the-mill people. They had no uh, relationship with Jesus during his earthly life. They were just people that heard the testimony, had put their faith in Jesus, and then went out and shared the gospel with others. That's similar to you and I, right? We are uh, just sinners in the hands of God, vessels to be used, to given a testimony that we have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ alone, to go out and share the good news. You know, there's uh, tons of other historical writings regarding Jesus the person, um, from Josephus to Pliny the Younger. We've looked at some of that. Um, in first century, Josephus wrote that, uh, for they reported that he appeared to them alive. And up until this very day, the tribe of Christians has not died out. Josephus saw that the reports of Jesus' resurrection were growing and that be as the reporting continued, more and more people believed. The tribe of Christians was not dying out. Thallus, a first century historian, wrote that there was a darkness on the whole world. Sadly, we don't have his accounts. He was a pagan Mediterranean, Eastern Mediterranean historian. Uh, we don't have the original copies of his work, but we have commentaries on them. But this comment by Thallus that is used in a commentary helps us see the validity of the biblical accounts regarding the crucifixion, that Jesus died on the cross, and when he did, there was darkness, an earthquake. This was reported all over the world. Adding to these outside sources is the accounts of first and second century apostolic fathers. So we have Clement of Rome and Polycarp. Clement was beloved to have served, believed to have served in churches with others that knew the apostles. And Polycarp, well, he's, he's special because Polycarp actually was a disciple of the gospel writer, John. Um, thus, the reporting that they did, these two men did, after uh, the resurrection, after the death of the apostles, is firsthand reports. They lived, they worked under, they served, they helped minister with the people that lived with and walked with and sought and learned from Jesus Christ. So the apostolic fathers are great extra-biblical resources for us to look at. And they reported that Jesus rose from the grave. From all of the data that we've looked at today and in our last episode um, regarding the death of Jesus on the cross, 
They really did die on the cross. That his tomb was truly empty. It was reported by women that it was empty. The people say that Jesus, they saw Jesus after his death. And those people reported it. They wrote it down. They told it by mouth to others. And the spread of the church throughout history to the point where pagan historians heard of what they believed. It's all this data. What do we do with such data? Well, for Christians, we take this data and we, it points us to the reality that Jesus Christ was who he said he was. He was no liar. He was no lunatic, but he was Lord. He is Lord. As the Son of God, he is the way to eternal life, the Savior of the world. So that means as Christians, we need to be telling others. We need to live radically abounded for the gospel, to see gospel proclamation everywhere we go. If you're a non-Christian listening to this, the only thing that I think I can tell you to do with this data is to repent of your sins and believe in the true Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins and rose from the grave and ascended to the right hand of the Father where he is now all in evidence that he is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Lamb worthy to be slain. So that is all we have for you today. That's that's all we have today is this evidence for the resurrection. I hope that you find this encouraging. I hope you find uh, this information worthwhile and that it blesses you in your t- it's blessed in your time as you share the gospel um, and it increases your faith in Jesus. Until next time, uh, if you have any further questions, please email them to me at christian at mywestwood.org. Um, as always, you can find more information about Westwood Church on our website, um, which is mywestwood.org. Um, And it's there that you can also find our live stream at 10 a.m. Central Time every Sunday. Until next time, grace and peace.